0: what is going on everyone i'm your host kevin munoz this is the leo podcast tech segment where we talk about all things tech for today's tech episode i have three juicy stories for you first up last week president joe biden urged business leaders to strengthen their online defenses warning that russia could use cyber attacks as a means of escalating the crisis our second story is about how Facebook, according to a New York Times investigation, may be underreporting child sexual abuse material. And for our last story, are you someone that wears glasses or contacts? Well, how do augmented reality contact lenses sound to you? A company called Mojo Vision unveiled its latest augmented reality contact lens prototype with hopes to bring invisible computing to life all this coming up on today's free episode if you want early access to episodes and today's bonus episode you can find that right now on our patreon.com slash now and if not then enjoy this one The war in Ukraine and Russia's diplomatic conflict with the United States are escalating, increasing the likelihood of Russian hackers targeting American companies. Last week, President Joe Biden urged business leaders to strengthen their online defenses, warning them that Vladimir Putin could use cyber attacks as a means of escalating the crisis. I don't know about you, but I've been wondering ever since this war started when something like this would happen. We hear a lot about Russian cyber attacks on the US over the years, And I'm surprised since the war in Ukraine broke out that only now we're actually hearing about Russia taking action and using their resources to start cyber attacks on the United States for aiding the Ukrainians. But I also can't be too surprised considering how this war has definitely not gone the way Putin thought it would. Um, Think about it, with the sanctions placed on Russia, it has completely plummeted their economy and the war instead actually only unified nations more as well as hackers. You have the famous hacktivists known as Anonymous that have claimed to have waged cyber war against Russia, claiming that they have hacked databases, TV broadcasts, and websites, which I'm sure has been a major inconvenience to Russian hackers. However, it does seem like Russia is starting to target the US more, and things are getting serious, especially now with Biden coming out and publicly stating that he has the capability and that he hasn't used it yet but it's part of his playbook. In a March 18th advisory to the United States businesses obtained by CNN and the FBI, it warned that hackers linked to Russian internet addresses have been scanning the networks of five U.S. energy companies, and experts have even warned of significant vulnerabilities in U.S. systems that Russian hackers can exploit. A primary example of this being last year's attacks that breached Florida's water supply, hit one of the world's largest meat producers, and even shut down one of America's largest fuel pipelines for several days. According to experts, it's important for businesses to also have a contingency plan in case that they do get attacked. And one of the best ways to do that is to have backups of critical or sensitive data stored outside the system. Reading even further, I found out that there's such a thing as cyber insurance. In fact, the demand of cyber insurance has gone up in recent years. According to providers and industry experts, driving up premiums of those plans by as much as 22% between 2019 and 2020. But for companies that can afford it, it's a good way to not only protect against damages, but also to keep them more vigilant against threats in the first place. However, not only is cyber Cyber insurance becoming extremely expensive, but to complicate matters further, when it comes to Russian cyber attacks, insurance companies often have causes making exceptions for acts of war and attacks by nation states in which the policy does not apply. For our second story, you might or might not know that Facebook is a leader among tech companies in detecting child sexual abuse content, which has exploded on social media and across the internet in recent years. But concerns about mistakenly accusing people of posting illegal imagery have resulted in a policy that could allow photos and videos of abuse to go unreported. According to a corporate training document, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp has instructed content moderators for its platforms to err on the side of an adult when they are uncertain about the age of a person in a photo or video. The training document obtained by the New York Times was created for moderators working for Accenture, a consulting firm that has a contract to sort through Facebook's noxious content and remove it from the site. The age policy was first disclosed in California Law Review by a law student, Anirudh Krishna, who wrote last year that some moderators at Essenture disagreed with the practice, which they referred to as bumping up adolescents to young adults. Essenture even declined to comment on the practice. Technology companies are legally required to report apparent child sexual abuse material. But apparent is not defined by the law. The Stored Communications Act, a privacy law, shields companies from liability when making the reports. But Ms. Davis said it was unclear whether the law would protect Meta if it erroneously reported an image. She said lawmakers in Washington needed to establish a clear and consistent standard for everyone to follow. Legal and tech policy experts said that social media companies had a difficult path to navigate. If they fail to report suspected illicit imagery, they can't be pursued by the authorities. If they report legal imagery as child sexual abuse material, they can be sued and accused of acting recklessly. Representatives for Apple, Snap, the owner of Snapchat, and TikTok said their companies took the opposite approach of Meta reporting any sexual image in which a person's age was in question. Some other companies that scanned their services for illegal imagery including Dropbox, Google, Microsoft, and Twitter even declined to comment on their practices. In interviews, four former content moderators contracted by Meta said that they encountered sexual images every day that they were subjected to the age policy. The moderators said they could face negative performance reviews if they made too many reports that were deemed out of policy. They spoke on the condition of anonymity because of non-disclosures agreements and concerns about future employment. Apparently, they were letting so many things slide that they eventually just didn't bring things up anymore, said one of the former moderators, who described detecting images of oral sexual abuse and other explicit acts during his recent two-year tenure at Accenture. He even stated that they would have some crazy extravagant excuses like that blurry portion could be pubic hairs so we have to err on the side of it being a young adult. The number of reports of suspected child sexual abuse has grown exponentially in recent years. The high volume, up from roughly 100,000 in 2009, has overwhelmed both the national clearinghouse and law enforcement officials. A 2019 investigation by the Times found that the Federal Bureau of Investigation could only manage its caseload from the clearinghouses by limiting its focus to infants and toddlers. Ms. Davis said a policy that resulted in more report could worsen the bottlenecks. If the system is too filled with things that are not useful, she said, then it this creates a real burden. But some current and former investigators said the decision should be made by law enforcement. How Facebook makes its age determination is also a point of contention. According to the training document and interviews, Facebook instructs its moderators to incorporate a so-called Tanner Stages when assessing age. Initially developed in the late 1960s by Dr. James M. Tanner, a British pediatrician, the tool outlines the progressive phases of puberty, but it was not designed to determine someone's age. In a 1998 letter to the journal Pediatrics, Dr. Tanner said that using the stages to measure chronologic age when analyzing sexual abuse imagery was wholly illegitimate. Dr. Tanner died in 2010. The co-author of the letter, Dr. Arlon L. Rosenblum, now a retired pediatric endocrinologist, said in an interview that a child at 13 or 14 could be fully developed. The co author of the letter, Dr. Arlen L. Rosenblum, now a retired pediatric endocrinologist, said in an interview that a child at 13 or 14 could be fully developed under the Tanner stages. He also characterized Meta's approach as a total misuse of the scale. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. What is going on everyone? I've decided to use this time to feature other indie podcasters that have amazing podcasts that I think you would also enjoy. For today's featured podcast is Immigrations, a podcast hosted by my friend Joo Hong, a Korean immigrant rights activist. Immigrations podcast captures the unique stories of Asian undocumented individuals living in the United States. If that sounds like something you'd enjoy, then make sure you give them a listen and tell them that Kev sent you. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Our third and last story, and one that I find particularly interesting, is straight out of some Black Mirror episode. And if you've seen Black Mirror, you'll know immediately which episode I'm talking about. A company known as Mojo Vision said it was created a new prototype of its Mojo lens, Augmented Reality Contact Lenses and that they believe this smart contact lens will bring invisible computing to life. The prototype includes numerous new hardware features and technologies embedded directly into the lens, advancing its display, communications, eye tracking, and power system. The initial target market is for people with low vision, as it will be a medically approved device that can help partially blind people see things better, like road signs. This new Mojo lens prototype will further accelerate the development of invisible computing, a term coined by technologist Don Norman. A next generation computing experience where information is available and presented only when needed. This eyes-up experience allows users to access timely information quickly and discreetly without forcing them to look down at a screen or lose focus on the people and the world around them. Mojo has identified initial consumer uses of invisible computing for performance athletes and recently announced strategic partnerships with leading sports and fitness brands such as Adidas Running, to collaborate on eyes up, hands-free experiences. If you're watching the video on YouTube or Spotify, then you can see how this contact lens looks. It's a green monochrome color with components built out on the sides of the glass that enable things like a connection to the internet. It will be based on a special rigid gas permeable plastic contact lens as normal plastic isn't suitable for the various pieces of computer hardware that are going to be embedded in the device. It features sensors like motion sensing, gyroscopes, and magnetometers, as well as a custom-built radio for communication. It has a power management chip, a tiny image sensor, and a small microprocessor. And according to the company, eventually the final product will have some way to obscure the electronics and make it look like a part of your eye. The company Mojo Vision has raised more than $205 million in funding to date from well known investors including NEA, Advantech Capital, Liberty Global Ventures, Gradient Ventures, Dolby Family Ventures, HP Tech Ventures, Motorola Solutions, Amazon Alexa Fund, and so many other ones. So there you have it. I'm curious to know for all my people that wear glasses or contacts, if this is something that you'd be willing to wear in the future. I know certain people won't even get contacts and would much rather have their glasses because either contacts are too much of a hassle or just don't like the feeling. So let me know by either shooting me a voice message or in the comments below on the YouTube video. That's all for today on the Leo Podcast. I'm Kevin Munoz, and as always, feel free to send me a message with your thoughts or with any interesting topics that you'd like to see covered. And for those of you on Patreon, I'll see you in the bonus episode. Otherwise, I'll see you all in next week's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a family or a friend and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps tremendously in order to bring more awareness and educational resources to our community. For more information and to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram at Latinamericaneo. And if you need more information and resources, you can visit my website, latinamericaneo.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This has been the Leo Podcast, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is not investment advice. I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied, are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast, expressed or implied, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise.